Amen. Well, it is my privilege to introduce our guest speaker for today, from our own Laura Benton, all the way from Woodbury, Minnesota. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. Come on up. Be the law of gravity. Now, if you climb up on your roof to clean out your gutters and don't pay close attention and you fall, and let's say you broke your leg, did God break your leg? Did God break your leg? No, he didn't break your leg, but you violated the law of gravity and you suffered the consequences. That's an example of one of the laws. And there are many, many laws, people that are real into science and stuff like that, they know laws of physics and all that kind of stuff. So the, there, but there are laws, and we're, we're gonna talk about some of those laws. The one law that is found in the Old Testament is in Deuteronomy 11, verse 29. It talk about, talks about the laws of blessing and cursing. Okay, now God wanted to make it really clear. So, and I had the privilege of going to Israel many years ago, and there were two mountains. One, Mount Gerizim, which is the Mount of Blessing. A mile separates these two mountains. The other mountain is called Mount Ebal, and it was the law of cursing. A mile apart. God did not want people to misunderstand. The Mount of Ebal, the cursing, we talk about it as the law of sin and death. We see that in the New Testament. If you, as you're reading, you see God talks about the law of sin and death. And the Greek word for that is hamartia, okay? It's also what happens when we walk in the flesh. Now, in Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68, it tells all the things that are the cursing. You're cursed in the field, you're cursed at home, your kids are cursed, your animals are cursed. A lot of bad stuff we don't want. One thing that I thought was kind of cool, and I use this when I confess a word to myself, is that Deuteronomy 28, 61, in, in that passage, it talks about tumors and boils and blindness and madness. But then it says in verse 61, and anything that isn't written down, it includes that. <laughs> so for me, I talk about the fact that it, in essence, is anything that can go wrong with the human body is part of the curse of the law. So it doesn't have to be written there. It says anything. So that's Mount Ebal. God's saying, this is the cursing. If you don't obey me, this is the stuff that's going to happen to you. Then on the other side, we have Mount Gerizim, which is the law of blessing. These are the things that happen to us when we obey God. Things like we're blessed. We've heard this. We're blessed in the field. We're blessed at, the, at home. We're blessed. We're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Yep. All good stuff. God wants to make it clear. And God wants us to live, when we obey God, like heaven on the earth. Amen. 
That's, that's what God wants for us. That's right. So, and one of the things, just a sidebar, in the Old Testament, sometimes you'll see something that appears that God did something to people. And in the Old Testament, there is a verb form called a permissive verb. And that means, and versus, a causative verb. So it doesn't mean that God caused it, but he allowed it, per, permitted it to happen. Just like when you climb up on the roof and you fall and break your leg, God didn't cause that, but he permitted it because you violated the laws of God. And, gra and gravity, yes, absolutely. So if we can see the first, first picture of the person standing in jail. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, there we are. Okay, this is what happens when you walk in the law of cursing or you walk in the flesh or you walk not as God would have you to walk. And that represents the law of sin and death. That's what's in there. That's the curses. But God knew that we couldn't, as humans, couldn't work, make it perfectly all the time. That's right. So he had this great idea from the beginnings of the world. It says in Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us. He paid the penalty and set me free from the curse of the law. So now we can see the open jail cell. He set us free. Amen. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And in Colossians 1.13, it says, He has delivered me from the power of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of the son of his love. So that would be the glory. Woo. Glory to God. That's what he's delivered us into. But you and I both know that it somehow we're not walking in the fullness of that. But Jesus made it so that we can walk in the glory. He made it that we can walk in his power. That we can walk in the spirit. We can walk like days of heaven on the earth. That's the goal. That's good, yeah. yeah. But the law of sin and death is still in the world because man's lease on the earth is not quite up yet. Getting close. But people are confused, people in general. Unfortunately, a lot of people in the church are confused. Destruction, they call it in your insurance policies, if it's something bad that happens, they call it an act of God. God didn't do it. <laughs> then some people think that sickness is the will of God. Well, God's not making people sick. That's right, Laura. That's good. good and people want to blame everything that goes wrong on God. Yeah. <laughs> but John 10.10, 10, God once again, he tried to make it very clear in the Old Testament, Mount Ebal, Mount Gerizim. And in the New Testament, he's trying to make it clear again in John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus said, but I came that you might have and enjoy life, this is the Amplified, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. 
That's, that's it. That's our goal. Now, we, I used to minister in children's ministry. And we used to get them saying this. And so you can join in with me. God is good. God is, God good. is good. The devil is bad. God is good. The devil is bad. It should be clear, right? If it's something that's good that's happening, God is in it. If it's something bad, the devil's in it. Okay? If it steals, if it kills, if it destroys, it's from the devil. If it steals your time, if it steals your money, if it kills... Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> if it destroys, it's the devil. Right. Now, Jesus made us free. We can see the open jail cell there. De Jesus made us free, but the devil is trying to convince us that we're still in bondage. Okay? That door's open. We don't have to be in there anymore. Jesus set us free. Amen. But the devil puts pressure on us. For example, physical symptoms that we experience in our bodies is the pressure to be sick. Okay? Emotional symptoms can be the pressure to be depressed, the pressure to be angry or weary or discouraged. He's, he's pressing us, trying to get us back into that. Situational symptoms can be the pressure to worry. You lose your job. You have an unexpected bill. It's a pressure again. Financial symptoms are the pressure to receive poverty. And temptations are the pressure to sin. We need to fight against the devil. That's right. He's pressing right. us. We have to press back. That's right. That's good. So the de I thought this was really interesting. I heard this ministered. The devil can't read your mind. Sometimes it seems like he can. But what he does is that he gives us a thought. Oh, you should be angry with that person. And you think, I should be angry with that person. <laughs> but that wasn't, not every thought you have is your thought. He gives us a lot of thoughts, and we have to push back. We have to resist those thoughts. The devil can't read our mind, but he studies us. He knows what it is that will press your buttons. Now, I have a confession to make. There have been times in my life when I have not been very patient. As a matter of fact, recently when I went to, it happens a lot at Costco. <laughs> you drive around the parking lot trying to find a place to park. Then somebody pulls out and somebody gets the place in front of you. <laughs> or, or you go in and people you're in a hurry, you only have a few things to get, right? And the people are pushing their carts so slowly. And then they go double wide and you can't get past. Then you go to get in line. And I, I have to admit, I'm one of those people that I go up and I look and I try to pick the fastest line. 
So I get in the fastest line and then that line over there is, looks faster. So then I'll go, I'm sorry, I haven't been patient. But you know, the word of God says that love endures long and is patient and kind. So I've been working on that. So last, last week, I have to tell you a victory report. Went to Costco and the people were done loading their groceries and it was right by the door. And the lady took the cart and went clear over here to where the carts go. Instead, she could have just walked a few feet and put it back into the store. So then she walks to her car, gets in her car. I don't know, her and her husband must have been having a discussion or something. So, so then they, he starts to back out of the place slowly backing out of the place, slowly, slowly. And, I'm, and it was so obvious to me that I started laughing because my patience wasn't annoyed. Glory to God. Amen. So then I went into the store and everybody, I'm trying to figure out, this was I think last Thursday, why is everyone in Costco? Don't these people have a job? Don't they work? Why are there so many people? And somebody said that it's because it was graduation. People were there shopping for graduation. But I rejoice in the fact that my patience had been improved. And I ended up laughing over something that used to really bother me. So the devil can't make you do anything. That's right. Now, I'll, I'll date myself. Any of you ever remember hearing of the comedian Flip Wilson? Yes. Okay. He would say, the devil made me do it. Remember that? He used to always say, the devil made me do it. The devil can't make you do anything. That's right. He can put pressure on you, but he can't force you to do anything. Also, you have, we have opportunities that he presents to us. And like, for example, if this was a package and Amazon was delivering it to your house and the label read, Acme Rattlesnake Farm, <laughs> would you take it? No, because no, it's pretty apparent that you didn't, first of all, you didn't order that. And second of all, you certainly wouldn't want what's in it. So don't take it. When the enemy's offering you pressure, you have to push back. So how do we do that? If we're going to walk in the blessings of God, we have to fight back. We have to press back. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. In Galatians 5, 16, it says, walk in the spirit, and you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Okay, so here's some points God's given us. He's helping us out here. So we must resist the pressure the devil applies to us. But how do we do that? Here's another law. It's the law of the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18.21, it says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, we need to fight back, and the way we do it is by speaking the word. Romans 1.16 says that the word of God is the instrument of his power. 
in Psalm 107.20, it said, God sent his word and healed me and delivered me from my destructions. So the word is vital. You cannot answer a thought just with another thought. You have to answer the thought that the enemy brings with the word. Amen. Amen. Okay? Jesus told us how to do it. When he was tempted in the wilderness, every time the enemy pressed on him, he would say, it is written. That's right. That's right. That's how he fought back. That's right. That's good. So we need to speak the word related to specific pressures. For example, if you're being pressed to be sick, instead of saying, oh, I think I'm coming down with something. Uh, gosh, you know, I was with those people and everybody there had the flu. I bet I'm getting the flu. These thoughts come. Uh, another confession I have to make is on Saturday nights when I'm scheduled to minister on Sunday morning in worship, <laughs> the devil will wake me up in the middle of the night with a sore throat. And he'll say, you're not going to be able to sing tomorrow because you have a sore throat. <laughs> and he will keep those thoughts going until I answer with no. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed and my voice will be strong tomorrow. But I have to answer the thought with the word out loud. It doesn't do you any good. To, that doesn't help. Because, for example, if I say don't think about a big black dog, okay? What do you automatically think about? A big black dog. So you have to answer thoughts with the word. Now, if you are tempted with anxiety, what kind of scriptures would you want to be speaking out? Peace scriptures. Now, I have been tempted recently with some financial challenges, and I am tempted to be anxious. But the Word of God says, be anxious for nothing, nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's right. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. So I may be feeling anxious, but I speak the word. And you know, sometimes I have to speak it a lot. The symptoms of anxiety don't go away immediately. But there's another law. It's the law of seed time and harvest. Galatians 6, 7 says that whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. Now, one thing to come back a little bit is that these laws don't just work for Christians. They work for everybody. And sometimes you hear the, the concept of karma. Yeah. You know, somebody, a nasty person, and then something nasty happens to them. You know? But we reap what we sow. So we can sow the word. And sometimes the devil says, ah, that sore throat's still there. Yes. And I speak the word again. Ah, that sore throat's still there. And I may get up in the morning and that sore throat's still there. 
But each time, if we can get to this place, each time a temptation comes, every time we answer it with the word. Yeah. Now, God, I've got a book, and I don't know, you know if anybody else does this, but it's a, it's a good thing to do. It's my, my Morning with God book. And he'll give me scriptures and things like that, and I, I jot them down. And then I, I got the rev that I have, even have a little index here for what page of this has to do with hemertia, which page of this has to do with guidance, protection, things like that. Because it's important that you know some scriptures that are going to deal with the, the attack, the pressure that's coming. Yeah. Now, I, over the, a period of time, I have this. This is my, my medicine for healing and prosperity. And so on this page are all healing scriptures. Okay? And so when I'm being attacked, I can start off with Deuteronomy 28.61. It says madness, confusion of heart, sickness, pain. Anything that can go wrong with the human body is part of the law of sin and death. Galatians 3.13. And I'll continue and I'll go through all of them. And if I need to, I'll go through them all again. And if I'm under attack and, and the day progresses and I'm still under attack, I'll go through them again. Because the more you say it, the more you'll have it. That's right. The less you say it, the less you'll have it. That's right. So if you're under attack, instead of, and, and there's a temptation that we have in the, to do this, um, we kind of like sympathy. So we'll say, oh, this headache, oh, it's so bad. And I'll, I'll call Sarah and say, oh, Sarah, I've got the worst headache. What happens? the law of sowing and reaping, we're, we're continuing to, we're helping the devil press us. Now there's another part of that law of seed time and harvest. It's called the fact that harvest takes time. Now I know now Charity's not in here with us right now, but I guess Sarah, you have a garden as well. When you plant the seed, Oh, there you are back there. I'm sorry. I was looking for you over here. Um, when you plant the seed, and I'm sure that these gals have not done this. You plant the seed one day, and the next day you go out, there's nothing there. It's not working. Bad seed. Yeah, it would be nice if that would happen. So, so do they go out there and they dig it up and say, oh, the seed looks the same as it did yesterday. It's not working. <laughs> Okay, so the word says, first the blade. So the first thing that they're going to see is a, a little bitty deal that comes up, right? And, but then they don't say, wait a minute, I planted a tomato plant, and it's this big. This thing is not working. There's not going to be any tomatoes off of this. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear or the full tomato in the plant. We have to be aware of the fact that we're not having to talk God into healing us. We are healed. That's right. But the more we say it, 
the more it builds up in us. And the word tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. There's nobody whose voice is sweeter to us than our own. <laughs> so we, it, it's good to, to listen to people minister about healing, but it's not the same as us speaking it ourselves. And like I said, there was a, a while back, well, it's been two years now, that I was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. And I um, was talking to God, and, and he said this, and it was kind of startling to me. He says, you know, this could kill you. Because you think of there's a lot of people that have died from breast cancer. And he said, you need to get after it, get after that pressure. So that's part of when I developed this, this whole page. And it, take, it doesn't take that long. There are, gosh, what, maybe 20 scriptures on here. I can do it in probably 15 minutes. Is it worth 15 minutes of my time to speak the word, to develop faith in my heart? To stand against the pressure of the enemy? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the other thing that I did is that I started listening to messages on healing. I saturated myself with healing. And I'm happy to let you know that I'm two years and I'm cancer free. Amen. But we have to we have to be serious about these things. A lot of times, they'll, they'll be, it starts off with a little thing, you know, like maybe a small headache or the thought of, gosh, you know, that person you hugged last week, they had the flu. Ooh, we have to be aware. And that's what I pray right now for, for God to make us all aware. Because when we receive the pressure, like he starts to give us a headache and we receive the headache and we walk around all day. Oh man, this, my head is killing me. We are at that point walking. We've allowed ourselves to open, open jail cell there. We've, uh, ah, here it comes. <laughs> when we allow that and we don't resist it, we're putting ourselves back under that law of sin and death. And we wonder why other things aren't going well in our lives. Because a lot of times we have allowed ourselves to be pushed back into that. Now here's the good news. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The devil can't keep us there if we repent. For example, if I'm driving on the freeway and some guy cuts me off and I'm <laughs> then I have to repent because I just got in the flesh. So when we're in, we get in the flesh, we have the privilege of taking so many wonderful songs about the blood. That blood cleanses us and gets us back out of the law of sin and death and gets us back walking in the spirit. Now the picture of heaven, the glory. Now, 
the, and this, this I thought was really good. God gave me this. <sighs> Sometimes when we're under attack, and it's a serious attack, and, and you may have a fever and chills, or you may not be feeling well. <sighs> so we're, we're speaking the word, and it doesn't seem like it's working. Again, remembering the fact, see time and harvest, sometimes it takes a season of time. If you go to the doctor and they prescribe something for you and they say, take this pill three times a day for a week, okay? So we go home, we take the pill and we take it once. Maybe we even take it twice. This pill is not working. This doctor did not know what they were talking about. Okay, so I take it the third time that one day. And then I skip a day. And then I take it again. And then I skip a couple days. By the time you're done, you're worse. You ha have to take the medicine. What God showed me is that when we're walking in the spirit, when we're walking in the word, when we're sensitive to the voice of this Holy Spirit and we, we make a mistake, we can repent. Right then. It's so important, right then. Because the Holy Spirit, will, He lets you know. I've been, he's been working with me a lot on what not to say. I'll be in a situation and I'll think, I'll have something really good <laughs> I can say. And the Holy Spirit says, mm, zip it. That'd be like pouring gasoline on a fire. So the Holy Spirit wants to, wants to talk to us. He wants to direct us and guide us. Right. What I thought was really cool is that God showed me when we're standing against, uh, let's say, a sickness, we are not the sick trying to get healed. But we are the healed and the enemy is trying to make us sick. Amen. And then God gave me this, and I thought this was so cool. He said, you know, in heaven, you won't be sick. There is no sickness in heaven. So as we walk in the spirit, that help, that'll help you realize that, wait a minute, I'm not, the, the symptoms are what the devil's trying to use to impress us. We need to not be impressed by him. You know, it says that when we finally see him, in the Old Testament it says, when we finally see him, we're going to say, is this the guy who caused all that trouble? Is this the guy? We need to not be impressed with him. We need to not be impressed when he brings an attack, realizing that it, it was from him. The other statement I used to like is it says that birds, thoughts are like birds that fly over your head. It's one thing for them to fly over your head. It's another thing to let them build a nest in your hair. Yeah. Okay? That's what happens when the thoughts keep coming. And every time the thought comes, if you answer it, ultimately, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corner in the ear. Ultimately, those thoughts will go. But it's a matter of practice. 
there are things that we do to build up our spirits to make us more sensitive. Time in prayer, praying in the spirit, being spending time in the word. Very important. It's building up our spirits, coming to church, being involved in the church, vitally important. And as we do those things, our spirit becomes stronger. God set before us in Deuteronomy 30, 19, he said, God sets before us life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he gives you a, you a real big hint. Choose life. <laughs> so my question to you at this point is, what are you choosing? Are you aware of the times when the enemy is pressing against you? And are you accepting that? Are you accepting the rattlesnake farm box that the enemy is bringing you? How are you reacting when that comes? I can't, it's like when I was talking to God, if I could just shake everybody and say, pay attention, pay attention. A lot of what we're experiencing, we have brought on ourselves by allowing the enemy to press, and instead of pressing back, we just let him press us. And, and again, what are you saying? I don't need to have your sympathy when I have a migraine. As a matter of fact, my goal is that if I'm being attacked with a migraine that you wouldn't even know when we're going through trials, that, that we don't have everybody's sympathy. We don't need you. I mean, I love you guys, but I don't need your sympathy. <laughs> I need the Word of God. I need the power in the Word of God. I need to recognize that I have what I say. That's good. So, there are some of the laws of God, and I, I trust and believe that this will change. And when you're aware of something, you know, I probably have to repent. Oh, phew. I, I, I couldn't even tell you how many times a day. But when we are aware of that, we, the devil can't keep us in that bondage. Yeah. Every time I repent, I'm clean. Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, how many times do we have to forgive people? 70 times 7? And Jesus said, no, you completely forgive them. He does the same with us. So even if we are 490 times a day having to repent, and when you're having a bad day, it could be the case. If we, re if we repent that many times, we're clean that many times. And we get back over into that walk of heaven. And we can, I, I pray that our goal is that we live like heaven on the earth. That's right. And that I do so more today than I did yesterday. And by next week, it's going to be even more. Because we know who the enemy is. He steals, he kills, he destroys. But we have life and life more abundantly. So, Amen. praise God.
That was awesome. Good job, Laura. Um, well, uh, on that note, we're going to wrap up service here. Just a, another a few quick announcements. Um, two weeks from yesterday, just Saturday, June 24th, we'll have our next men's breakfast. It's going to be at the Verks residence in our house in Cottage Grove. Um, so please plan your time. We'll do it right at 8 a.m. again. Um, but please plan accordingly if you're able to come. Uh, we will not be having service Sunday, July 2nd. So enjoy whatever you have planned for that weekend, uh, 4th of July weekend. Um, and we'll pick up again on July 9th. Um, Didi was at Fresh Express yesterday. Uh, good turnout. Yeah, very good turnout. Um, I, I know I've shared this a few times, but that ministry is something that is near and dear. We're hoping to have um, Liz and Elliot Torado come and share at our church a little bit more about Fresh Express and, and their heart behind it. We're working through some of those details. But um, that is uh, the second Saturday of each month. Uh, and I think that, that wraps it up. So let's just pray, and then um, we'll have some fellowship time. Dear Lord, we just thank you so much for, <clears throat> for who you are. Father, we thank you that you have given us the power to press back against the enemy, as Laura was sharing with us today. Lord, give us the strength. Give us the wisdom. Uh, allow us to be led by your Spirit. Show us which way to go and how you can continue to renew our minds, renew our spirits, so we can live our lives as heaven on earth. In Jesus' name, amen.